Welcome to the Rural Revival Podcast. I'm your host, Dana Larson. This week, we're in Harrington, Washington with Justin and Heather Slack of The Post and Office, a local coffee shop and co-working space. As self-described accidental business owners, Justin and Heather are sharing about their quick move to Harrington and the adventures that have followed, from opening up a new business to Justin's new role as mayor. Plus, you'll appreciate the perspective they gain from their time spent living in a big city and the why behind everything they're doing. So here we go with Justin and Heather Slack. Well, we're here in Harrington, Washington with Heather and Justin Slack of The Post and Office. Guys, thanks for being on the podcast. Thank you. Well, tell us a little bit about you. Are you both from Washington originally? I am. I'm from uh, Seattle area. I grew up there um, and then went to school uh, in Spokane for college. Okay. I'm originally from Northern California by Sacramento. So uh, Heather and I met in college and then we've been living in Seattle for about 20 years and then five years ago moved here to Harrington. Well, what was special about this town to make it stand out to you and, and make you choose this town? When I was a kid, I would come spend summers with my grandparents who lived here in Harrington. Um, both of my folks graduated from Harrington, grew up here. So it was a place that was um, come visit family and spend time here when I was little. So it always had a place in my heart. And when Justin and I were in school in Spokane, we would come down and spend time with my grandparents and come to annual festivals that were down here come down during harvest and um, just spend holidays here sometimes. So it was always a place that um, was just kind of a calm and peaceful place for us to come and visit family. Yeah. And then we were in Seattle and trying to look for something different for our family. We have a a daughter now is 16 and our son is 12 and we, we could continue living in the urban sprawl around Seattle, but it was my, I had a job in downtown Seattle, so it was just going to continue to make that nightly commute, you know, two hours instead of an hour and a half or whatnot. So we thought, well, let's just try something different. And it was far enough away um, to where it was kind of, say, doable. Uh, it took 45 minutes or 45 miles to the to the airport, and which is about 45 minutes out here. Uh, I always tell the folks there it's, uh, it's more tra- tractor jams and traffic jams. But, uh, but in Seattle, we lived 10 miles from the airport, and it was 45 minutes. So I, tra- I can travel. You know, I travel quite a bit. And so the airport, you know, it, it's actually great. And now you have this great lifestyle here. That's right. Right. We were, we were just spinning our circle, spinning our wheels in uh, Seattle, and it just didn't feel like we were, we were getting where we wanted to go and just decided kind of on a whim, you know what, let's just try Harrington. If it doesn't work out, we'll do something different, but let's just give it a try and... It's the best thing we ever did. Wow. I love it. It was, a, it was about a week. It's a great story, actually, because our daughter was in a private school, and <clears throat> at the summer, the school board president called Heather and said, hey, we're worried about our funding for this year, and we'll probably, we don't know if we can make it through December. So not even the school year, but the half school year. And, and so it, that was in early July or mid-July, and, and so we were like, wait, what are we going to do? And we'd already known, we've already known all the other schools that we thought could work, but they weren't going to work for us for various reasons. And so I said, you know, Heather said, well, let me check out in Harrington. And I said, yeah, that's fine. Let's, we have like five things, you know, we have to check off a job, house, schools, uh, our folks. 
our parents and things. And so I was going off to Chicago though for a week. And so Heather picked up the phone, called the school, like started talking to people. And then I got back from Chicago and we literally parked the kids with, with her parents. We drove, didn't tell her parents what we were doing over here, just told them we were coming to check something out. And um, came over and looked around, got a tour. I told my, you know, my, my manager at work that, uh, hey, we're considering doing this. I don't know if it's gonna work or not. And within two weeks, we found a house that there was no houses for sale that were available that fit. Um, my you know, work said fine. Uh, the school turned out to be, you know, like had great programs for our kids. And um, two weeks later, Heather and the kids moved over here and I followed two weeks later. Wow, that is a great story. <laughs> but the best part is that, like Justin said, there weren't very many houses available. And so we had a gal kind of helping find houses and she sent us this picture of one and it was actually across the street from the house where my dad grew up, and it was my great uncle's home. And we had a bedroom set in our house that my grandma had bought for us that came out of that house that our daughter was using. And I was like, whoa, really? That house is available? It's an awesome house. We were we just felt, like, so lucky. We were immediately like, yep, we'll take it. Let's do it. But if you tell that story, then you got to tell the story about how you, your grandma got it. So mm-hmm. it's Heather's paternal family house, 1980. I always heard a story from her grandma, her, her mom's mom, that uh, Heather's dad's family, you know, there was a family, an estate sale, the family was downsizing or whatever, so she went and bought in 1980 this um, this bedroom set for Heather to have later, and so we had it, and but it ended up being the piece of furniture, or bedroom set out of this house, that, and that was the first piece, because of the way we had to move, that was the first piece of furniture back in the house so oh. it's, we don't know if it's in the same bedroom or not but, but it's yeah. back in the same house 35 years later never ever did I ever imagine that we would be living in Harrington it just wasn't if you had asked us a week before <laughs> yeah. we made this decision I would have told you there was no way we would what? never I mean no never there, I, mean, I work in at a bank you know I mean there's we're you know it's a town we're of 420 people we yeah. yeah and so and then all of a sudden everything started clicking and it was like wait a second like if nothing else like if it doesn't we, we always don't look at things like as failures. Like if it doesn't work, then we'll try something else. But yeah. it doesn't mean it didn't work. We learned we something from, from it. it. It's a learning experience for us and our family. So uh, it, it was kind of, it's, it's all turned, it's been, it's five years next week, well, next uh, two weeks for Heather and the kids coming over here. So we moved in late, uh, late August to start school and that's, it was five years ago. And so it's, uh, haven't looked back and it's been awesome. Wow. Wow. Well, you moved here quickly. <laughs> and then at some point you had an idea to open a coffee shop. What made you decide on a coffee shop? Well, we, uh, I, I told somebody like we're accidental business people and like we, <laughs> we never had an, a vision to open a coffee shop. We never had a vision to be business owners, to do anything. But, um, so I work, um, remotely for work for a bank based in Seattle and I travel kind of up and down the West coast. But uh, this right, the, right when we moved here, they had a grant for uh, high-speed fiber internet in this four-block stretch of town or downtown here, and so after two years um, working out of my like out of a an home office, the internet just wasn't very stable over there, and so we said let's try to find a building that we can make an office out of, and this was the smallest building that we could find that we thought was manageable. Again, we weren't rehabbers or anything, and and um, and this building was for sale, and and so we. You know, we bought it. It took us six weeks to get the power turned on because it hadn't been on in so long and couldn't get an electrician out here because we're more than 50 miles from Spokane. <laughs> and um, and then we started, you know, realizing what we were looking. We found some old pictures 
and realized that Heather's uh, great-grandfather had an insurance business next door. And at one point, he also maybe had owned this building too. Um, he was, you know, the, while the, it was a post office, he, um, he was the, the building owner. And then we said, you know, it's, it's, it deserves more than an office, like a little, you know, it's going to work out of here in, the, in these, you know, there's, you can't see it on the radio here, but um, big picture, you know, um, picture glass windows. And um, it was like, it needs more than that. And we're like, okay, well, what does that mean? And so we thought, well, what can we do? And, and uh, we don't have a restaurant here. The last one closed about 15 years ago and um, said, we just, we want a place for the community to be able to come hang out. We have a post office right now that's, you know, uh, all all P.O. boxes, so you you know might get lucky to run into somebody there, or at the grocery store. It's, I'd say this is like the world's smallest grocery store. Um, it's you know it's about the size of a mini mart, but it's got meat lockers and everything else. Um, and so we said, let let's do something where people can just come hang out. And then it was like, well, what what's going to draw them? What are they going to want to come in here for? And we said, well, we came from Seattle. It's like the coffee capital of the world. We have an espresso machine at home. We could learn how to make coffee <laughs> for other people and and that basically the size of the building and, and uh, whatnot, that's how we kind of thought, well, this is going to be what we're going to do. So um, that was in probably April or May, and then in July of 2017, it uh, started working on it. So. Wow. So how did you learn the coffee business? <laughs> oh, we just started talking to people and found a place to get um, – a local roaster in Spokane to get our coffee from and they offered to get us equipment and train us on some stuff and um, we'd spent I would say quite a few hours in coffee shops in Seattle so we um, taught ourselves and found we went to Spokane and met some other local coffee shops too and yeah. I travel quite a bit so I'd take a lot of pictures and so I'd send all these pictures from either a Starbucks or some other like a local mom and pop coffee rest you know coffee store and whether it was the furniture the coffee you know the the type of equipment you know the refrigerators the cabinets uh we just you know hundreds of pictures and, and experiences and we spent a lot of time in spokane too just going to small local purveyors of you know coffee shops and talking to people and, and told and every time we told somebody like what we were doing and where we lived then they, they knew we weren't competition because sure. we were so far away they're like oh well, let me tell you about it and <laughs> it was really cool because then people I mean, they didn't really know us at all, and, and Spokane's pretty big, so, I mean, it, but it had that small town, like, you know, let me tell you what, what I learned or what we did, and so kind of just made it up, I mean, from there. And you decided to kind of help meet some of the needs in the town. Like you mentioned, there aren't all maybe the services that you would want, like a restaurant and things, but you decided to offer more than just coffee. We really, it, the whole purpose of our, of this business and, and redoing this building was to provide a space for the community to come together. And that's what brings us the most joy from it every day is seeing the people come in and connect with each other. And honestly, every single day, we have some kind of story to tell each other at the end of the day, like, guess who came in or guess how this happened? You know, someone came in and they turned around and there was, you know, a teacher that taught them when they were in first grade and they haven't been back for 25 years or whatever and just like are people that live out in the country and don't come to town very often and they walk in the coffee shop and a friend that they haven't seen forever sitting in the chair and they're like I haven't seen you for so long and just starts these awesome conversations it makes people so happy it's it's just great and you can't explain it I mean it's almost I feel like you can get goosebumps just thinking about it and the funny thing about when I came back um, this afternoon from uh, down the street I saw a, um, 
a Jeep out front with Oklahoma license plates. And I thought, wait a second, that's kind of weird. And it, it, it had a, an Alaska bumper sticker too. And so I, I walked in the coffee shop and there was someone else and I, it, people I didn't recognize, I said, hey, is that your guys' Jeep out there? And they kind of looked at me like, yeah, why? And I go, I see Oklahoma plates. Are you from Oklahoma? And they said, yeah. And I said, funny thing, I said, there's some other lady here from Oklahoma too <laughs> in Harrington of all places in the middle of August, you know, early part of August, what, you know? And so I started talking to him and I didn't know who he was. And he said, well, um, you're Heather's husband. And I said, yeah. And he goes, oh, well, I think you went, you went to college with our daughter. And I said, and he said, oh, you know, Rihanna Graham. And I said, oh, that's okay. And now, and I said, oh, and that, there's a picture on the wall, a, a campaign poster from the 1950s. And I was like, was that your dad? And he goes, no, that's my uncle. That's my uncle Jimmy. And then, so I ended up talking to him for like 45 minutes and it's just crazy. And then they, they live in Oklahoma. Um, but they're, even when they left, I said, you know, it's a small world. You guys, you know, your daughter grew up in New Mexico. We met her in college. They happen to be, you guys, your family's from the same town that Heather's family is originally from. And here it is 25 years later, like we're in the same coffee shop again. And for, they're just here passing through for the summer. Like, the, I mean, just crazy. It's, uh, it's all about the connections. It really is. And when we lived in Seattle, we didn't, didn't necessarily know our neighbors or didn't necessarily have um, the same kind of relationships as we have with people here. There's a small town and there's just something about um, connections that you make with these people. And we've made friends with people that I didn't know before until we moved here. And now they're just so dear to us. Um, local people that, you know, share stories and bring pieces of history in or bring photos in of our family or um, want to tell us things about the building or tell us things about our home that happened, you know, a long time ago. And just, um, there's so much pride in this town. And, and it just feels like home. And let's say we didn't even try, you know, not that we didn't try in Seattle or the suburbs there, but it's a slower pace of life out here. Um, it's just, it's more, it, it's, it's technically 51 miles outside of the city of Spokane. So it doesn't seem like it's that great, but if you ever want anything delivered from a, a Home Depot or, a, you know, a big box store, it's not within the 50 mile radius. It's 51, and it, I'm like, you tell people that. It's, we're 51 miles, and they're like, yeah, sorry, it's 50. You know? And so then all of a sudden, you come to rely on people um, more and more. So the next town in one direction is 13 miles, and the other one's 24 miles. So we go to Spokane to go to Costco still, but instead of going there four or five nights a week like we did in, in Seattle, we go there you know, once every two weeks now, and we make a, it's a, it's a decision. Um, it's just, it's... The, the conveniences definitely are different, and there's there's a big change between where we lived before where it was real convenient to everything and now it's not but we had someone ask us yesterday the two of us together they said was there has there ever been a time when you regretted this decision we both looked at each other like not once never there's I mean even though it's different and yeah you have to plan to go get things and you have to you know to supply a coffee shop out here is very different you can't have everything delivered and you don't they don't make deliveries out here you go get it yourself you load the car up yourself you unload it yourself you Heather you drives it every two weeks 13 miles to meet in a parking lot of the guy driving on the highway going to the next coffee shop it's <laughs> six in the morning it's six in the morning but on friday you know that's that's you know, okay we th that's the we best don't even you know. think twice about it i no. mean it's just it's different but it's yeah it's, it's, we love it wow that's great. I, I got to experience something cool here today. When we first got into town, a farmer stopped in, and we're in the middle of wheat harvest. 
And Justin, he said, oh, we actually had somebody who said he wants to take care of drinks for farmers. And I just thought, that's so neat. That's only in a small town. You know, that was really a cool thing. Well, it, it is. And, and Harvest just started here uh, within the last week. And Heather had a post, I think, on Instagram. But, you know, um, said, hey, uh, if you see a farmer, think, you know, say thank you. And that's kind of the mentality here because... There's a, you know, there's a lot of agriculture in this area, and that's their livelihood, which then it's a symbiotic relationship with the existence of this town. Most farmers don't live in the city limits of Harrington. There's only 420 people here, but um, in the surrounding area with the school district, there's you know, plenty of, you know, that's where most of the farmers are at, but it is. And, and the guy was, you saw the look on his face. He, he didn't believe it. He was thankful, and he was is appreciative, and he's like, ah, that's the third farmer this morning that we did that, said that to, or today. The first guy said, oh, I'll come back and pay for it. We said, no, we're serious. And he's like, well, I'll figure it out somehow. But it was, you know, I, I kind of get goosebumps thinking about that too. So it's, uh, it's, no, it's, it's a cool, it's, it's hard to explain. And even the slowness of it. I mean, it's things here, they don't move as fast and it's okay. They yeah. don't, people, some people don't want to move fast. Uh, other people want them to go fast, but you, if you force it, like you're going to get stuck behind a tractor, a big combine. They're, they're, you know, they're moving their harvesters from one field to the next. You're just stuck. You can't do anything. Yeah. So it's kind of, it makes you, it forces you to slow down and, you know, like they say, you know, enjoy the, you know, you know smell the roses, enjoy the coffee, you know, whatever. But uh, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's cool. It's true. When you moved here, was there already some things going on to help revive the downtown? Or have you just really seen a lot of that happen since you've been here and since you've been a part of that? I think we got here just as things were starting. Um, we had, um, so there was a wonderful man that had moved to town and started a, uh, a car garage. He was rehabbing old cars and started a Studebaker garage and really um, put a lot of that together and really was getting some momentum going with that. And he was the president of our PDA and worked really hard to get a grant to get the high-speed internet to come to town. And um, so now we have a down, our, all of our downtown district it has high-speed internet available to it um, through fiber. And that really made a difference. Um, we jumped on that right away. That makes it possible for uh, Justin to work remotely from our shop here. And our we have shared office space in the back that... Um, has been great for a lot of people and really provides um, a service that's needed here out um, when we're so far away. And that had just started when we moved here. And then, and Karen and Jerry up at the hotel, they'd already been working on things, um, but they were just kind of starting to get some momentum going too. And a lot has changed in their building between when we first got here and what they're doing now. So, um, there's a strong group of people that really want to keep this place going. And there's a lot of towns around us that have not been able to do that. They've just slowly kind of um, shut down and haven't been able to keep up and keep their buildings secure. And um, we have some really good people here that are working hard to keep things going. I think, too, it's for us, say, outsiders coming here, you don't see this every day. And so you can they don't know what they're going to lose until they lose it. You can tell them that a little bit, but um, the, the kind of the cool thing, too, we had the farmers that come here every Friday now f for coffee that support us. When we were working in here, and, you know, I, I said I didn't have power for six weeks, the first six weeks, and it was in the middle of winter. I was pulling down all the lath and plaster uh, on Saturday afternoons during daylight, and they're like, what are you doing? Like, what? And it was a different concept for them because, you know, they 
they spend their hard-earned dollars on their, you know, their family farms and things of that nature. And I said, oh, I'm going to do this and that. And they kind of like, ah, whatever. And I think they'd, they'd seen people here before have projects start, but then not really carry through. And that was one of the first things. We, we were basically less than a year from when we acquired the building till we opened the doors. It was uh, 10 months roughly. And, um, but I heard a lot of people go, you guys actually did it. Like, and I never thought you would, I thought it'd be at least five years. And it was like, again, what's the expectation? We don't know, but like we want to, you know, and it actually it was, you know, I said it took 10 months, but it was probably seven months longer than we wanted it to take because we had to get contractors out here and, uh, you know, to get an inspector to come. It, it was crazy. I mean, they don't come here every time, like in a regular, you know, if you want to get a building permit in, in, a, in a big city, they'll come out in two days. Here, it's two or three weeks. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's uh, nuts, but um, so yeah, there's, there's been definitely more happening since we had, but like Heather said, there's uh, Alan Barth, the guy that started the, he, they call it the Studebaker garage. If you still talk to most people from here, it's the Ford garage, the old Ford garage, even though it has Studebaker written all over it, and it's a beautiful building with Studebaker's lining and, you know, in there, but uh, yeah, that, and, and there's more going on now, and we've really tried to promote that, and a few buildings have turned over um, since then, and, and one person's trying to revitalize an old tavern, and he, uh, you know, he he took the roof off because he thought it would be easier, but because of it's a 26-foot span, he couldn't get trusses that wide, and so the, the company said, we won't sell them to you, so for a year and a half, he was the only topless bar in Lincoln County, <laughs> what they called it, you know. Um, but he's back on track now, um, so he's doing that and working hard, and he's got the back wall in, he's got, I mean, but it, again, it takes time, and so, but it's uh, definitely, I think, people, I think we... We didn't mean to be, but I think we tried to be, or ended up being like a, like an ignition switch or a, an, inst, you know, a spark. They saw that it could be done, and they, and plenty of people here come going, man, this is just awesome. Like you guys, like, it was here before, it's been here, and I was like, and they said, well, you, get, you need to open a restaurant now. So there's a building across the street, you can go open a restaurant if you yeah. like, you know. So uh, we've been trying to say, hey, take the opportunity yourself. Like it is what it is, you know. And when we came here, I think we both looked at it as we could see opportunity everywhere we looked instead of think instead of seeing old rundown buildings and and nothing happening here we looked around and thought this is a really great place to raise a family it's a great place to be there's a ton of opportunity here and we kind of ran with that and i agree that the buildings here are really cool and they're just sitting here waiting for you know what's next so that's really exciting justin at some point, you have since become mayor. Yes, that's right. So I would love for you to talk a little bit about your role in that and, and why it's important that the next generation steps up and serves in those roles and, and takes on leadership so that we can see our rural communities continue to grow and evolve. Yeah, it's funny because I ran for city council uh, a year after we regular election and we moved here and, and uh, it was an open seat and uh, won that position. And then um, the mayor that ran the same time I did, who was elected, uh, ended up resigning uh, about a year, a little more than a year ago, 14 months ago. And so um, I kind of said, well, I, I was willing to do it until uh, till this next election here in, in November. And in our, our council base, or the makeup of it, um, there was no one... There's been since somebody appointed to council, but no one else had a, 
you know, we have a business now here, which actually afterwards, I, I mean, Heather and I talked about doing it and we listed the pros and the cons and, and um, it was like, well, what, if, what happens if we, I make a, a new decision and people say, we're not gonna go to your coffee shop, you know, like, and at first I didn't even think, I was like, oh, that's, that's petty, that's not gonna happen. And then it was like, well, actually it could happen. And so we said, well, you know, it is what it is. We, it, it, we're doing it, we did the coffee shop for the right reasons, it wasn't for us. Um, I'm willing to step in and help with the mayor position for the right reasons, like I didn't have an agenda. I said, I'll just help get the city back on, on track uh, as best I can. And, um, but we had also a vested interest. Yeah. And uh, we have, you know, several, some vacant buildings. And I tell our council, as a council member, I'd say, hey, we need to promote getting some, you know, some businesses here. And they say, well, that's what our Chamber of Commerce is for. Somebody else has said, what are you talking about? Like, if we get some tax revenue, that's a tax base that then all of a sudden sales tax starts coming in. It's, it's for, you know, quote unquote, free money for the city. It's, it's, it's not, a, you know, it's tax money that comes to them without its passive income. And they didn't never even cross their minds that that was necessary, even though we rely on, you know, the state and, you know, federal government for probably 95% of our funding as a city. So um, it, it kind of, we look back, at, you know, we've, we've uh, in our building when we were demoing it or, or pulling parts, we found some old logs, ledgers, and you found in the old newspapers that are bound over at the library. You see, look, at, like 100 years ago, you'll, every week in the local paper, it says 100 years ago this week. And it says, oh, this or that. Well, it was a, it was a business owner that was the that was on the council or the mayor. It was all these local businesses because they wanted their town to succeed because it was their business and their livelihood. And so um, even now, as, as these elections are coming up for our, our stuff, I, you know, I'm hoping that some, I have a regular job. So I've told some, you know, other folks like, hey, you have a, if no one else is going to do it, who is? Yeah. And you have, you know, you have a vested interest. You have a business here. If the town, something doesn't work or, you know, something happens to the city, like that's your livelihood too. And so it's trying to get, that but there's you know a lot of apathy um and there's people that have served the town before and they kind of say well it's the next generation's turn and and for a long time here the next generation left they never came back and right. so now there's people coming back which is a, is a cool thing too um but most of those folks are farmers and they live outside of the city limits so they can run for the school board but they can't run for city council or they can run for the fire district fire commissioners but not you know for so it's you know we're kind of limited to what we have here so um but you know, we're, like Heather said, you know, some other towns in our county, there's seven or eight of them. Uh, not everyone is, they're not, they're not all prospering. And like, why aren't they? And part of it's because they don't have people that care. And, you know, Heather mentioned the pride here too. There's a lot of pride, but it's also, it's a lot of people just like think it's going to, like it just exists. It grows on trees. <laughs> and you don't have to, you don't have to tend, you know, to nurture it. And, they, you know, you don't have to give it water. You don't have to feed it and love it. And you have to, otherwise it's like, oh, you know, you'll just, you look, turn around and it's already passed you by so um so it's it's been a you know i've tried uh, working with heather mentioned the folks at the hotel there you know they're trying to get things done i, I mean i remember going to the, the, like the first week talking to the the, the maintenance uh crew and, and the clerk and i said i understand what they're going through they're trying to get their building to work why wouldn't we help them do that as a city like why why, why is there resistance and it wasn't there was resistance it was like but you know, oh, does it really matter, right? Do we need to, like, is there is there any urgency? Yeah, when you're trying to get something up and going, there, there is. So I, I've been, you know, uh, looking back, I say, well, hopefully I helped some of the folks, you know, people that were thinking of doing something, like, 
to bring to the city, I guess, the mindset that, uh, you, you know, yeah, we're local government and, you know, government always slows things down and government's this and it's red tape, but that, that, that does exist for, for various reasons, but we also can be, you know, business friendly and, and, um, you know, renovation friendly, revival friendly to get these things back there because we have a, a city 21 miles away that are a little town that, you know, those buildings, they've already de- demolished two or three of those brick buildings. They're never going to come back. It's mm-hmm. too expensive. They'll, they'll never see them again. So, um, it's just, again, it, if you're from here or, if, you know, in these places, you don't really know what you're missing until you, it's gone. It's, yeah. you know, it's like that old adage, but we, we've, you know, we came from a big city and it's like, oh, you don't know what you have. Trust us type of thing, but it's, so. That's good. Well, you guys, I think you, I, I love how you incorporated history into this place, but you've also, you know, you're bringing in Wi-Fi and a, a co-working space. So tell us kind of what was your thought about what you were going to offer here and how you were going to make kind of the connection from the past to, to today's generation. Some of that actually just, it just fell into place. So most of the floor here is original, but there's about a, a third of it that, uh, uh, that wasn't because of a leak. And so we looked for floor. I looked online, went to Spokane to some um, recycled, you know, uh, f- uh, building places. And, and uh, it didn't, it never really happened. And I saw stuff on Craigslist for a Canadian mill that I could, could buy brand new wood to match it up. And it, it didn't work. And uh, Heather asked some folks and they found a, an old schoolhouse 10 miles away that uh, had been abandoned 50 years ago. And they said, well, there's floor out there, but I don't know if it's the same size or whatnot. So Heather and I and another couple went out with some, you know, hog grain shovels, and we walked through stuff that was up to our knees and started shoveling, and we, it's all uh, tongue and groove, and it was all uh, hand-nailed, and we pulled it out nail by nail. Wow. And it, it actually, it's a little bit different, but it, uh, it, it's the same width and thickness is it all that is. matters. yeah. So we used that. Um, the tables that we're, we're sitting here, this is the subfloor from that schoolhouse uh, that we got the wood from. Um, the bar over there is a, a barn wood from a barn that's right outside of town. That's uh, the Mollering Brothers barn that's been there that's uh, falling down. And the owner said, uh, yeah, you know, I'm probably just going to burn it. So take what you want. And it was pretty cool because we needed we needed this stuff. It wasn't. And so it wasn't meant to be like, oh, we're trying to, you know, recycle and save all this stuff for historic reasons. We needed to actually use it. And it actually it turned out really cool. Uh, and then with the, the stuff in the back, you know, we, that was our, our phase two for an office. I just needed an office space. And so we ended up putting all that brand new floor back there. And, and then along the way, people said, uh, what are you doing back there? I said, oh, office or work. Well, can I rent a place back there? Well, are you going to do it like uh, full time or can I just come in here once in a while? Well, come in wherever you want. So next thing we know, another guy who, who rents full time, he was in Spokane at a tech company that uh, they downsized their physical office space. They said, hey, go work from home. He lives 10 miles out of the country, out of here. No internet at his house. So he's like, hey, I can go to Spokane still, 25 to $30 a day in gas or and pay rent. Or if you want to rent me a space here, I'll, I'll be here full time. Like, oh, cool. So we built a conference room. It's like a you know, shared office space, Harrington style. And it, uh, we have some people that come in every day, some people that come in once a week, some people that said to say, I want to use it you know, for two hours to meet some clients in the conference room. And uh, it's all been organic. We haven't even tried. We, we just actually uh, put the, the co-working side sticker on the window, but it, we haven't advertised it, and it's all, we're like, man, what if we do advertise? What's going to happen? We have to build, <laughs> have to find another place. Find another building. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's, that's, I mean, I'll let Heather's answer some of that stuff too, but it, I think to say it's 
a lot of it's just it kind of happened like it just fell you know it worked out for whatever reason like it was meant to be but. yeah yeah it really did it was um we utilized the things that were around us we you know had found a cabinet countertop that was across the street in another building Justin and I were walking one day and we saw it in there and we approached the the building owners and said hey there's a there's a cabinet in there it looks like it would be great for our coffee shop counter and come to find out it was actually the counter that was next door in my great-grandfather's insurance office ah and her grandmother stood behind that counter when she was 16 years old I mean again it's you it, can't can't make this stuff up. Yeah, it's right. Weird. <laughs> it just really all fell into place, and being able to yeah utilize some flooring and wood from a schoolhouse that was falling down is a great story. You know, people come in and go, "Oh, my mom went to that school," or "Oh, I remember going there when I was a kid." You know, for different things, and um, we found somebody that has come that. in here that did go to that school. So we met one person who actually was yeah. a, a student at that school. Wow, a hundred years, you know, almost. Yeah, we have a door goes to our closet that's from that school um wainscoting and flooring and um our table so built from that and well the um, barn stuff too we have that other barn we have the um, sliding barn you know we have real barn doors yeah. with and, a real barn and, and then sliders. we had my aunt and uncle live here in town and they spent a lot of time and energy helping us with all of our projects they my uncle built all these tables and um they've worked really hard to help us do these things just out of the kindness the of the barn heart. doors over here too. yeah they built barn doors and um have cleaned painted. and painted and built things and just one thing after another they've helped us with so um it all we couldn't have planned it any better it just all came together it really really has and, the, and we have sweet people in town that bring us things that say you know this is this was originally here do you want to show it off here or this is a picture that has some people from town you want to show it off here or hang it up and yeah well and he's always like are you sure are you sure you want it I'm like yeah it's a great story people love to see it 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 makes people happy so bring it in it's almost like they're all conversation pieces sure. just random and it doesn't you don't know where the conversation is going to start or end with it or who's going to from what angle but but that's the great that's the great thing about it's all just those connections yeah what advice would you have for somebody who's considering a similar situation to what you guys have done whether it be just making that move to moving rural or taking the leap and opening a business in a small town well when we moved a lot of our friends said they were envious because like we could never do that and like I said we said it earlier earlier in our conversation today, if you would have asked us a week before, we would have said we couldn't have did it. And now you know, we would say, just do it. Just do it. Um, just the same. do it. But you gotta have an open mind. I mean, it's not gonna work the same. It's not. You have to be willing to make changes and go with it. And um, your life will be different from wherever you come from. So it's not gonna be the same as our story. But that's the beauty of it. You get to make your own story. But when you come from somewhere else, I mean, your experience and, and how you choose to make that experience is really what you know, helps drive that. But even with the, somebody the other day told us, she actually, some lady wrote us a thank you note and said, um, you know, I, I didn't know you guys' story that well. Like I, I, I come to town and I talk to you guys quite a bit, but I didn't realize that you guys didn't really plan this and you guys didn't think it out and talk to every single person in town to see if they would support you. You guys just did it. And she goes, that's what, she goes, now that's what I love about you guys for doing it. And she goes, it gave me hope that um, I want to do that. And she actually has a, a line of, you know, products and clothes that we actually sell in here now. And she brings us eggs. She brought us, you know, she brings, I mean, it's just cool. But I think um, we, 
there was some other people at the same time. There was like stories. Oh, I think somebody's going to, maybe they want to open a coffee shop too, or they're going to do this or a cafe. And if we would have waited for them to do it, uh, we would still be waiting because no one's done anything. I mean, they haven't done those. For various reasons, things fell apart for this one um, family. This other thing fell apart for another family. So we just did it and said, let's just do it. And if there's two coffee shops across the street from each other, hey, so be it. Maybe one's going to serve, uh, you know, decaf and one's going to serve caffeinated coffee. We've, we've never looked at um, at the other businesses in town as competition. It's always been um, complementary to each other. Yeah. The more people we can bring to town, the better for us. We love it here. We love visitors to come and just check it out. We know that living in a small town like this is not for everyone, and we don't try to talk people into it. It really works well for us, and um, we're hopeful that it, that maybe we could get a few more families in town. It'd be, it would be beneficial to our community um, and some more businesses, but... We all, we're all here to work together and we're all here to support each other. We're not here to compete with each other. And, um, it is, it's too small of a town to do that. I mean, yeah. uh, 420 people, it, it's, we always say it's like a fishbowl. And, you know, it, it works for some and it doesn't work for others. And, but it, uh, so far, knock on wood, it's worked, for, you know, it's worked out great for us. Yeah. And I love that you, you have a lot of great things on the menu, but you have worked to keep it like it's affordable right you know so to just come in for a cup of coffee it's, it's well we're not here to to make huge profits we're here to cover our costs and be open for the community we don't this is not luckily this is not have to support our family Justin mm-hmm. has um, another job that he's able to work from here and do um, and I, I run the coffee shop for the most part and the reason we do it is for the community and to just you know cover our costs so we are real simple with what we have we don't do anything fancy we we try to offer enough choices for people and yeah make it affordable and kids can come in and grab a cookie or ice cream or whatever um we want it to be just a place for the community to feel comfortable and come and if people want to come in and sit down and and read a book and not order a coffee I have no problem with that if they want to meet a friend here and just have a chat no problem with that that's what we're here for so good. And a lot of our menu, too, it's, it's, it's evolved over time. It wasn't, when we first started, it was basically coffee and some, some muffins. Um, and then people asked other things, and we said, hey, we've talked to the health department. We can't do that, but we can do this. Or we talked to the health department, and they said, why don't you try that? You know, we, we can see. And so it's been cool because it, that's evolved. And, yeah, yeah, now we have cookies. We, we actually get some local baked goods from uh, a lady that's the next town over, and her She's 80 years old, and her daughter brings brings the stuff in, you know, when we order it, basically, you know, on her way to work in the next town. So it's like a, that old, you know, adage, it takes a village. Yeah. It kind of does. <laughs> it takes a community. It takes a, a rural county to, to, to make it work. But uh, like I said, our stuff wasn't, we, we knew we couldn't be a restaurant, and we have a grocery store across the street that sells hot dogs you know so we didn't we didn't want to do that we have a golf course that uh, between the you know months of april and september is a cafe and um but we're like oh soup soup is easy it's grab and go it's easy if someone wants to stop here we didn't want to have to like worry about turning the tables like in a restaurant well if we don't you know have so many customers um that's the people, best part of it is we don't i don't come to work every day going man we got these numbers we got to hit or we got to sell this so much yeah. of this stuff <laughs> not not once do i ever worry about that like we just we have what we have and some some guys came in this morning and said oh we're looking for a farmer's breakfast and I said well you're not going to get that here let me tell you how to get to the golf course go <laughs> order order up there like 
I mean, we just keep it simple and we have what we have and we try to create a warm and friendly environment for people. And if we don't have what you have, I'll try to tell you where to get it. Yeah. And it's funny because they say you're a coffee shop. How do you, you know, uh, you're only open eight to four and you're not open seven days a week. And I say, well, it's Harrington. Like that's not what the people here want. Like the farmers, like they don't come in, they're out in their fields that early. So they might come through like right now with the harvest, you know, harvest going on there. The, the drivers are coming through, but some people, they haven't had this before, so it's uh, it's really low key. But and we tell someone like, oh, we might get, um, you know, on Saturdays we probably get you know 50, 50 customers on a regular Saturday, and uh, regular you know weekdays it might be twenty five to thirty five. And people, go, wait a second, I'm doing the math. And I was like, again, like Heather said, it's we don't do it, we don't do it for income. Uh, our daughter is now working here. You know, she's uh, she turns sixteen at the end of this month, and she has a food handler's permit. And so she's been helping us this summer, and it's Heather and I. Heather's the bulk of it. On Saturdays, I try to open up and you know let her sleep in, and um, but it, and it's not even work. Like that's the cool thing. You just talk to people. Like I don't even get tired of it. I, I travel. I, I, I catch a late flight. The last flight into Spokane is at midnight. It means I get home at around one o'clock when I get my car and my bags, and I have no problem getting up at five o'clock on Saturday morning or something to get here early. Or it's not. It's almost. It's a. It's completely different than anything I've ever done before, and we get get to talk to people and then they they want to pay you to make them a coffee so it's like it, it's kind of <laughs> it's kind of humbling it really then they want to give you a tip we didn't have a tip jar when we opened yeah. and they people said Not you have thing. to have a tip jar we have to and yeah. i said no no we're we're just and it it was almost like a fight and we're like so finally we said, okay but that's even more humbling people not only pay you for a service but then they're like well let me give you a tip because we appreciate you guys doing this yeah um it's it, that's when someone we've had some people give us five ten twenty dollar bills in the tip jar and you're kind of like, what the heck? And then it's it's kind of cool, uh, but again, it's like, well, thank you. But what do you say to them? You know, but they're they're the ones that are more thankful than you are. I mean, yeah, just because you did it. So I don't know. It's well, what's next for you guys? School starts in about three weeks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah, they're it's not, um, uh, we don't have anything in the pipeline right now. So. Yeah, we've. We just finished, I guess it'll be well, almost a year for the back. It's been about seven months, eight, eight months now. And um, we've been trying to encourage other people to do some of this, um, some of these other buildings that we have. Um, we met a person that actually used to be, who lived here for a while or, or his grandparents and parents did. He lives in Spokane and he's like a artist and does a lot of cool like big tables like this or he, he repurposes old, you know, and he wants to come back. So we've been trying to connect him with some people in town that have a building or, or buildings. And um, we kind of now we're kind of like, well, let's take a let's just take a breath and let's breathe. And let's enjoy it because this is what we we moved here for a reason. The reason we moved here was to to slow down. And we've been for random reasons like it's been pretty fast paced. Um, and so now it's kind of like let's enjoy what we do. And actually, it's the cool thing too. Heather and I try to work every Saturday together or most of it it's fun like we get to talk to each other and you know um and it's even different now with uh, the offices in the back I, you know we're here every day together sometimes you'll have to run across the street and I'll you know if the kids aren't here I'll try to do that for a bit too but um so I don't yeah we don't really have any big plans other than trying to you know see, help people <laughs> maintain what we've got and encourage other people and we're we're both pretty involved in other projects going on in town and um heather's the uh the president of our pda now okay. and she's also on the historic uh, preservation committee she's a chamber of commerce member 
Um, we just work together with other people. I mean, I learned something today. I think they said it was STP, the same 10 people. And I thought that was funny because it's, again, when you're involved in these things, you kind of do know what's going on. And it's, it is beneficial to go to the next meeting, even if you go there to observe or to say, hey, this is just to make sure you guys know what the other, you know, other hand's doing, the left hand knows what the right hand's doing. Um, it's been good because that, that also is a new concept for some of the people here. They, everyone kind of was siloed off and did their own thing. And then it was like, wait a second, you guys, we have limited resources to begin with. Why don't you collaborate? Why don't you work together? And they're like, oh, I didn't know we could do that. And oh, maybe try it. That's great. Well, how do we follow along with everything you guys are doing? And uh, We're on Instagram at the Post and Office and on Facebook. Um, and we have a website that will be launching here soon, just kind of a small informational website. But Perfect. Um, give some information. So, yeah. Yep. Heather's in charge of all of our, our social media and uh, print advertising, and wow. which we don't do. <laughs> we're, we're so far wink, out wink. that, you know, we... we uh, we usually use social media as best we can to get the word out and then word of mouth. That's right. Perfect. Well, anything else you guys want to share about? Did I mention she's the first lady of Harrington? <laughs> <laughs> no, hey, no, we're thankful for you coming out here too. It's, uh, yeah. um, it's just cool to see this, you know, even to follow you and to see the, the places you've been. And, um, we're kind of excited that this is the farthest West you've come out because, most people think uh, rural, you know, they think the flyover states and they think of the, the southeast or the south. And um, we have it, you know, the great thing about Washington or Oregon, I mean, Montana, Wyoming, there these, these places exist everywhere. And it's amazing at how really, you know, they talk about small businesses are the, the generator of, of the national economy and how much it really, and that's what it is, you know, in all these little small towns. And they are everywhere. And yeah. Um, it's so worth your time to seek them out and get to know the people that run them and there's always a great story behind it and there's always plenty of opportunity to get involved it, I mean somewhere along the way and you find whatever you whatever your passion is with that I'm sure that there's you know three openings so you can mm -hmm. you could at least fill one of them yeah <laughs> well thanks guys this has been great I love what you have going on here thank you thank you Wow. Well, I love that when Heather and Justin say they did this for the community, they really mean that. And after visiting Harrington, I can tell you firsthand what an amazing job they have done and so many other people have done in Harrington as well. I love Heather and Justin's perspective on looking at their small town from a place of opportunity rather than a place of lack. And I couldn't agree more. I see big things ahead for Harrington, so much so that all week long we'll be featuring stories of revival happening in Harrington on our blog. So be sure to check out ruralrevival.co and follow along. Thanks again to Heather and Justin for being on the podcast and for all they're doing for their community. And thanks to you for tuning in. We'll be back next week. Have a great day, everybody.